Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Last Chance Podcast with Andrew and Ricky. Um, we got a pretty good episode this week. We actually have a guest, which will be NJ.com's Ryan Novozinski that you'll hear in a couple minutes. And uh, very excited to talk to him. Now, the, the only thing that's happened since the last time we've talked, as far as the, the Devils are concerned, is that uh, the Devils and Miles Wood have, have avoided arbitration with a one-year $3.2 million deal and what are your thoughts on that uh, transaction um initially so initially i was literally when it happened i was doing like a twitter spaces with you know hockey db and uh, i forget who the other people were there but and everyone kind of threw their take out immediately on it but it was my initial reaction was i really don't care about the money honestly it's not my money so like you know we're we're almost up to the cap anyway, so like, what's the difference if it was two point five or three point two? And then today, you see Carolina sign uh, Nikash for two years, three point or three million dollars a year, and I'm like, okay, that seems like much better business than than Miles Wood at three point two, considering he's coming off a hip injury and he relies on his skating. Uh, but with that said, I, I am happy that he's under contract for at least another year. It's going to be just like <clears throat> Jesper Bratt's contract. Uh, uh, basically, show me, show me your the player that we think you are. Go out and earn a contract. Um, they're definitely missing his type of play from the line from from the the roster and the lineup. You know, Devils fans love to rag on him about falling and being out of control, but they they don't have anyone that really drives the net, gets into the dirty areas to sc- score goals. We'll, we'll, I mean, uh, we're going to just not talk about Mason Geertsen, but that will, you know, stir things up a little bit and be a pain in the ass. We don't really have those guys on the team, so when you have a guy like that that you, you kind of know, and, and let's be honest, his last full season... Yeah, what, 17 goals? And he was on pace for, what, 24, 25 goals over an 82-game season? And he's put up almost 20 goals another time in his career, too. So it's not like he's without talent. Like, he can be a good player, and he definitely fits the team. So I don't hate it. I don't love the money. But, like again, it's not my money, and I really don't care. Well, the bottom line is they need him. So yeah. And we also have no indication of what his health is really, what his situation really is. Like, he could show up day one of training camp. We just know he hasn't skated, but he's also got a month and a half. So, um, I'm hoping to ask uh, ask Ryan that later. And as far as the money goes, like you said, who cares? They have $73,000 in cap space, which is kind of funny. Um, but I still expect them to get rid of Andreas Janssen. Um And we'll ask, you know, all this stuff we'll ask Ryan about anyway. But I, I just don't care about the money it's one year there is zero risk um i am it's guessing like they signed them to like five six million it's three million like who gives a shit who i'm guessing the the comparison you made with the player in carolina i mean he got three a year but he's getting you know he signed a contract for six million dollars and, and you have to 
remember that NHL money is guaranteed. So, yeah, I mean, you just have the normal reaction by Devils fans is, holy crap, that's too much money, or that's not enough money. And it's really, people really, really just focus on the money, which in this case, you really don't have to. Because again, and, and we both have the cap-friendly site up every time we do this podcast, and the Devils have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine expiring forward contracts after this year and two on defense. So money yeah, is I not was listening to, I forget what I was listening to. It was either a podcast or somebody, but they were saying that like the devils were in great shape of the cap this year to make moves and everything. And they spent up to the cap and next year they're going to have a ton of cap space again, and they're going to be able to spend up to the cap again. Money is not and will not be uh, an issue. So, yeah, I, I have I have no problem with this. I mean, what the best case scenario is that Wood's healthy and puts in twenty goals and gives the Devils that dimension that they they sorely need from him. And the worst case scenario is that he's either not healthy or doesn't have a good year. He gets put on LTIR, gets it, whatever. I mean, his it's not a problem. Um, I mean, he'll be a UFA next year anyway, um, so he's playing for a contract. So he's yeah. going to be motivated. For well, sure. if you want to think about that, Brat's playing for a contract. Tatar, Janssen, yeah. Wood, Halla, uh, Igor, McLeod uh, doesn't exist. Um, Boquist, Bastion, everybody's playing for a contract. So you right. got to wonder, maybe maybe Fitz set up the roster that way so that the entire team is playing for a contract and uh, yeah. will overperform. Um, right, but he, he, even if... He's just, they're just like, I, I remember last year when he played, what, two, three games? Yeah. Like, three, when he came back, you could just immediately tell the Devils were missing that kind of player from the roster. They have nobody like that. For sure. I mean, we talked about how bad their power play was, and one of the many things that was missing from the power play was Miles Wood in front of the net, pissing off goalies and, and yeah. throwing in some garbage goals. And, um, and let's and be he, honest here, he's one of the veteran leaders on the team. Yeah, well, I think he's the. Um, Palai, he is twenty six years 31. old. Janssen One, hopefully two, is gone, three. so he'll be the third, third, fourth oldest player on the team. Yeah, so or oh, sorry, fifth, the forwards. Yeah, forwards. Um. Yeah, no, he's he's sorely needed, and I mean, if if he has a good year, you want him back on a multi year deal. Um, that's the kind of guy that you want as long as he's going to contribute. So. The thing that you worry about though is he his game is his speed right and yeah. coming off a hip injury what happens there i guess is kind of everybody's which is, question which is exactly why a one-year deal yeah it makes this a good situation i mean if if his hip is a problem and he, he loses his speed i mean it's honestly it's horrible for him He's he's been a great player for the devils and it's going to hurt his career but for the team it's a very easy thing to move on from yeah a lot of guys, a lot of easy, easy moves to make next year, unless somebody surprises. Yeah, there's six players signed next year. Um, yeah, seven, I mean, if you count Bastion, I mean, all these guys are redundant. Bastion, McLeod. Uh, I mean, it depends on how, how Hollow plays. Maybe he'll fit in great, and he can stay. Tatar can go. Janssen can go. Graves is probably gone, you have to think, right? I think, um, well... Let's put it this way. So let's give Fitz uh, some credit for the way he built this roster. Because if you want to look at the def the defense specifically, 
I mean, Grave and, Graves and Severson coming back next year is completely dependent on the progress of Luke Hughes and Simon Nemitz. Like, you immediately have, if those guys, like Nemitz will be here in training camp, Luke Hughes next training camp, like if those, go shy, if those guys show up and, sh- and prove that they belong in the NHL, then Severson and Graves are replaced with equal or better players. I, I still think, I, I guess it really depends on how the Devils see Nemitz and what the plan is, right? If they think there's a really good chance he's going to make the team out of training camp. And as their backup, let's say, you know, all right, if he doesn't, maybe we, we can put Riley Walsh in there for half a season. He's, he'll do a good enough job. Do they look to trade Severson in a package for JT Miller? You, you keep one. reading about it. You keep hearing about it. I just have a problem believing at this point of the offseason that that kind of trade is going to get pulled off. Yeah, I agree. Because at this point, not only at this point in the offseason, but at training camp, um, right. if Nemeth shows up and he's great, Severson becomes ex- expendable. But then you're calling Vancouver like a couple weeks before the season starts. And saying, can we give us your top line center? (laughs) Give us your 100 point uh, player with no time to replace him, you know? So, because we'd be giving them a defenseman. So they would just be subtracting that production. But it makes Severson a hell of a lot more valuable at the trade deadline, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, it depends on where the season is. If the Devils are in a decent spot playing somewhat meaningful games, you don't want to just dump them. But, I mean, I still might. Yeah, honestly, that's that's not a that's not a crazy take because if if Nemitz is not, you know, if he comes into training camp looks good but not enough to take that spot, I mean, you can only imagine he'll be full time the following year. Right, and let's be honest, Damon Severson is a pretty damn good offensive defenseman, and he's a pretty damn bad defensive defenseman. So, from all indications, Riley Walsh is a very similar player. Might be a little more defensive minded. Can you squeak by for 20, 30 games with him in a probably? Yeah. Can well, you if you're trading else to fill in that spot, sure. If you're well, if we're talking about the Devils not being in the playoffs, then yes. Well, yeah, you, but you like have... maybe being 10 points out. You're not thrown in the towel, but. Which is them not being in the playoffs. You're not making up a 10-point gap. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. You know, you're not throwing in the towel to the the fans where you're like, oh, so well, another year. You know, 10 points, 7 points, something like that. I still think it's a move you can make, especially because you have Marino and Hamilton on the right side now. He's not as important as he was. Exactly. So, all right. um, Let's get to the interview. Uh, Now we're getting to the the tough time of the off season where there's no news and, you know, without guests, we're just going to be sitting here every week going over the uh, cap friendly page. Um, and we don't want to do that. So uh, we're very pleased to um, talk to Ryan Novazinski of NJ.com and uh, please enjoy that interview. And we'd like to welcome in Ryan Novazinski from NJ.com. Uh, Ryan, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I know at the beginning here, uh, I, like I said, I, I said thanks for agreeing to do this. But uh, in reality, <laughs> you guys asked me, and it was a great time because uh, I, I love doing this uh, stuff and, and uh, you know, engaging with, with the other uh, Devils media members out there. 
Well, again, it's it's great to have you on. And and so the first thing I really wanted to ask you because um this is this has been going on for a couple of years. Are you aware um how someone such as yourself was in demand as far as Devils fans were concerned, just someone not employed by the Devils to cover the team? I I would I would probably say a little bit um because I was an intern at nj.com last summer um uh, and this was when I was when I was still in college um at Oklahoma State University and I you know the, my boss had said that, that we didn't really cover the devils that much and um it was like a business kind of decision there because it wasn't it just wasn't getting the readership um and the views and stuff like that um but I had no idea like when I first started covering the team I you know, you kind of expect like on a on uh, a professional beat that there's going to be some other B partners that work for independent outlets. But there was none of that of the Devils. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple of people here and there, you know, the Associated Press, NorthJersey.com does some stuff. Um, but there there's not many people that do it like I'm I remember I covered college football at OSU and there was a ton of people on that beat. And, you know, that's OSU. That's not even the biggest college football team in our state. Um, so so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So I really didn't to tell you the truth I, I didn't know how in demand it was um but i can say this it's been a blast uh i've been loving getting to know everybody on twitter everyone on twitter is is freaking hysterical uh and, and just know that that you guys do make me laugh every day and uh when i when i send uh you know some of the memes and stuff like that to either my girlfriend or or my my family man they laugh a lot <laughs> well you're laughing now just wait until uh if the Devils are out of the playoffs by December, you're not going to be laughing much. Uh, <laughs> our fan base is not not great. Doesn't handle yeah. adversity great. Well, there's been enough of it, so we're kind of getting used to it, unfortunately. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, even this offseason, like, there's been obviously some moves that uh, I think because of the cap space and because of the, um, I guess, trajectory of, of some moves, every time there was a big player or free agent or, or trade candidate this offseason, the Devils instantly like the athletic or, or some other national reporters would link the devils to them. Right. So there were, there's a lot of uh, kind of give and take with that because it's, you know, if you're a fan, you kind of want to be in the conversations with some of these uh, guys, but you know, it, it's also kind of a catch 22 because if you don't end up getting the guy, it ends up being pretty disappointing, doesn't it? So I think yeah, that's you know, like me. That's me and Andrew have said it before. Me and Andrew have said it. Like it's one of those things. Like when Lou was here, you never heard anything, and then all of a sudden, like Devils traded for Kovalchuk. What? Like where did that come from? Like <laughs> well, you know those sort of things. And then now you hear like we're in on everybody, and we get nobody. It's like I almost wish we were back to the days where we heard nothing. Exactly what I was going to say because there there were times this off season where. Or even back to last season when the Devils were being linked with Vancouver for Besser or Garland and, and the Devils were going to move Zaka and those things didn't happen. And then this offseason, it got to the point where we were guaranteed Gaudreau or we were guaranteed to trade for Kachuk at the draft because n- not only were the Devils being included in these conversations, like no other teams were. So I don't know. I, I just found it weird that every player was apparently coming to the devils. It's interesting too, because there, I think there's a good middle ground you can find. Uh, and this is just in terms of, of uh, you know, I guess news leaking when it comes to GMs, like there's a good middle ground you could find uh, when it comes to the way things are happening with the devils this off season. And, you know, there's all those rumors, all those links to all those players. Um, and obviously Lou, who I, 
tell you right now, if the Highlanders ended up signing Goudreau, I don't think the Islanders would have known until like August and Lou would have just given a little press release that said, hey, we've signed uh, we've signed Johnny Goudreau uh, to a blah, blah, blah contract, you know, something like that. Like it's there's there's a good middle ground you can find there with uh, in terms of news coming out. Well, and since you brought that up, I, I definitely wanted to ask you because it's an interesting uh, instance or situation with Nazem Kadri specifically, where the joke now is the Islanders have him signed and they'll throw it in a Friday press release in September. But <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you think that enough teams are interested in in him that they're going to be calling his agent and his agent would be saying he's not available and that would leak to the media? Like, what do you think is going on with him? I, th- I think that would definitely happen. Like, you know, especially if, if you got guys like Freed, guys like, uh, you know, Frank Saravelli, like there would be someone that would be on that. Um, obviously, I'm not covering the Islanders. I, I wouldn't, you know, inquire with Kadri's agent unless, you know, there were some devil's links there. But, you know, if especially uh, in Kadri's case, it, and, and it sounds like what was the, the deal sounded like it was going to be someone said out there that it was like seven years, seven mil, right? Something, something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like that. I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that for a contract that big, I, I, you know, you could obviously, you could obviously joke, and I, I do the same thing about Lou leaking it and <laughs> releasing it in like a Friday weird press conference kind of thing or press release kind of thing. But I, I think someone would know, especially for Kadri's camp. I think someone would definitely know, especially you know, they're wanting to get a contract for Kadri, who's what going to be thirty-two, something like that. Um, yeah, the, the, that'll be big news from his camp, and, and they'll they'll want to boast that uh, as well, much as that's kind as much of possible. that's kind of lose mo signing like 32, 33 year old players for like seven eight million <laughs> seven eight years, right? So yeah, but but <laughs> that's true. But but you know, Kadri didn't play for the 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 twenty twelve Devils or the twenty thirteen Devils, true. so who that knows? Is, if... <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so while while we're on the subject of your you you know new on the beat and everything has Tom Glitty reached out to you at all and kind of given you a heads up on dealing with us animals over here or because he yeah, put so up I, with a lot <laughs> he put up with a lot I I've only heard stories and stuff like that and I and I used to read Tom Glitty back when I was younger um I him and I had a phone call probably a couple weeks ago and and it was honestly a great conversation I, I reached out to him over, over email um and you know because I just saw his name so many times they're like you're the next TG. You're the, and I was like, oh, okay, I got to talk to this guy. Um, so yeah, I, we talked and he, he's a great guy. Um, you know, he gave me some, some pointers, gave me some advice, gave me some advice, uh, you know, fan wise. And, and, you know, just, just said what a great opportunity it is to cover the devils. And it is, it, it's, it's been a wild ride so far this summer. Um, I did not predict my summer would go this way, but it has, and it's been fantastic. And I have loved every second of it. Well, but, uh, what are you looking forward to most like this season as a, is this your first season as a beat writer, like in the NHL? I know you've covered like the Phillies here and there and interned and stuff, but is just like your first season as like a beat writer. Yeah. Yeah. So I covered um, the, I covered OSU football back when I was uh, in college. Um, and you know, when you're at a college newspaper, you still are on pretty much a full-time beat. Like you, you're at all the press conferences at all, you know, uh, writing stories and stuff like that outside the press conferences and, and things like that covering the games. Um, so I, I've definitely had beat experience. Um, I covered the Thunder a little bit too when I was in Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, just a lot of stuff. But but in terms of like, you know, the the day-to-day stuff when I was in college, the latter half of my college career was kind of thwarted by COVID. So there wasn't, a, it wasn't that fun. I'm not gonna lie to you. It wasn't that, that wasn't that great. So <laughs> I am excited to just be back there and, and, you know, be in a, 
actual locker room scenario, like, you know, even at development camp, like just being in the locker room and you can just go up to pretty much any player and just, you know, have a one-on-one with them. And it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's very, uh, it smells like, like crap in there. Um, it smells like <laughs> hockey, <laughs> but yeah, hockey it's, packs smell horrible. Yeah. it's yeah. very fun guys. I'll tell you what, like I, that's, I, I'd say the, the thing I'm most excited about is just going to a game, going to every game, obviously. And then, uh, just covering it from from uh, you know a perspective of the locker room, you know it's going to be very interesting and very uh, very yeah, fun and and I think uh, very engaging atmosphere. Well, and and I think you're probably well aware at this point that you're the guy when it comes to the fans' connection with the team from a news standpoint because you've already seen um, fans trying to compare your position to someone like Amanda Stein who has a completely different job. Um, you know, she's employed by the team. She does official press releases or, you know, she's the, the, I don't know. I don't know what to to say. She's the social arm of the team. So she's not breaking news. She's not analyzing things if it has a negative spin on it, like if the team's not playing well. So, um, you're really, I think the only person in this position, um, which is probably a pretty unique situation for you. Yeah. And that, that it's kind of interesting, right? It's like, you know, you're, it's to me, it's, it's, I don't look at it like a, oh, I'm, I'm going to use this position for uh, like a, like a power hungry thing. No, I'm looking at it as a completely like, just look at the team for what it is. Right. And report on that. You know what I mean? Um, And you're right. Like Amanda's job is much different than mine. Amanda has been great to me. Amanda has been a, a really great I guess, like you can say, mentor uh, in in the way because you know she's she's been helpful to me along the way and and uh, you know helping me around the arena when it uh, when we were at development camp. So I'm very excited to work with Amanda. I, th- I think her work is fantastic. I think her features are awesome. She finds interesting angles, and um, you know I put a tweet out there a couple months ago because I was just really tired of all the you know the mentions I was getting about people comparing us to, and you know that she has a different job than I do, and I think she does a a really kick-ass job in, in what she does. So, so, you know, I, I was tired of that. So I sent a tweet out there back then, but you know, like I said, like, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective too, because you're uh, you know, I'm an independent reporter uh, working on an independent outlet. So um, you got to call it like it is. And, you know, if the devils are, are bad, I'll definitely ask the questions uh, that, that need to be asked. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to do that uh, because you know, whenever people give me question suggestions stuff like that, and they, they get mad if I don't ask a question, which some people have, um, I always say to them, like, I'm doing like, I, I'm just as curious as you guys are, because this is, you know, my job. And like, some of these stuff, like, you can't just kind of go out there and ask yeah. immediately. <laughs> but um, from, you know, like, I'll definitely ease my way in. And, and uh, I think, you know, so far, I've, I've done a decent job in press conferences and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll continue that. And when questions need to be asked, I'll ask them. Yeah, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to in like uh, late December, you in the in the press room saying, "So, uh, coach, the Devils were 0 for 24 on the power play this week. What's up?" Because <laughs> we haven't had anyone to ask questions like that for two to three years now. Yeah, and and you know if if that is the case, then I will definitely ask that. <laughs> well, I, cer- I certainly hope it's not, considering uh, who we hired yeah. uh, as an assistant coach. I, I was actually before you. Came on, we were kind of reading some of your articles and stuff, um, just to kind of go over things. And your number one on your list of the best moves the Devils made this offseason was hiring Andrew Burnett. And honestly, couldn't agree more because we've been 
our special teams have just been so bad for so long that it's, something's got to change. You know, the, the previous two coaches, um, I, I just last season, nothing clicked. It seemed that I was not, obviously was not on the beat of wouldn't be able to, you know, speculate on what went wrong there, but Man, when I was going through this list, I, I started this probably on, I don't know, whenever I released it, maybe Sunday or whatever, um, maybe Monday. Um, I, I was going through it and I was like thinking to myself, I was like, okay, like I could easily just say, you know, the safe pick and put Pilat as the number one thing. But I remember when they hired Andrew Burnett, it was, it was Kevin Weeks who had it first and it went sort of under the radar, right? Because that yeah. was the height of the Johnny Gaudreau day. That was the height of... The free agency opening day. And I just thought to myself, I was like, man, this is kind of going under the radar. No one's even talking about this. And that's because people were just focused on Gaudreau. But this was a hire that, I mean, they hired a not only a head coach to be on their staff, but a really, really damn good head coach to be on their staff, right? And he's the associate coach. And I thought it was kind of interesting how, you know, they they his title is associate coach, not assistant coach. And, you know, McGill's uh, thing was was assistant coach. So I thought that was kind of interesting in the terminology there. Um, and yeah, so I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, if they can address some of these things on power play uh, with with Burnett running it. Um, and hopefully, you know, for Devils fans, that Burnett's power play looks more like the regular season than it does the uh, in, in his postseason with, yeah. the, with the Florida the Panthers. Postseason power play was not great. Not great at all. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, hopefully for Devils fans, that's the case. But, um, yeah, I, I just th- thought it was a fantastic hire, and, I, and that's why I put it number one. I mean, do you think – I mean, it would make sense, right? Ruff's contract's up at the end of the year. It would make sense that he's like the coach in waiting, right? And then Ruff moves into a front office role? Is that what you think will I, happen? I, I'm not able to speculate on that because I, I, I do not know. All I know is is that Tom Fitzgerald said he's committed to Lindy Ruff as head coach. Um and I don't really like to do the whole speculation on, uh, on, oh my gosh, my laptop just shut down for a second, but we're all good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really like to do um, speculation in that regard because, you know, I don't want to put anything out there that's just like kind of rumor fodder kind of thing. Um, but I will say that, that if things go south, having Andrew on your staff is a really, really, good crutch for the devils to have you know they they actually they better hope that halfway through the season uh some team doesn't stink it up fire their coach and and try to poach andrew burnett you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah i just mean at the end of the season let's say they have an average season they miss the playoffs rough still employed i think it just makes sense you know his contract's up he moves to the front office i mean there was speculation at the end of last season that he was going to move to like a player the player development sort of role in the front office anyway. So I, I, to me, I think that makes the most sense. You make him the head coach. You, you know, he's got a, he does, a lot, he of, does a lot of, of speculation. Yeah, <laughs> he do. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's the one thing for him. He's, he does at least well with development. So if he were to move in like that player development department, I, I don't think it'd be too bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be perfect actually. Now I do. I'm wondering if you know this. Do you happen to know the status of uh, the health of Miles Wood? And I, and so I've tried to you know inquire about Miles Wood, and this is going back to uh, the you know the the uh, height of the offseason when I was just trying to figure out his contact situation. His I was never able to get in contact with his camp, and I and I tried many times, but I just was never heard an answer back. Uh, so I'm not able to comment on that. Um, but you know, uh, it's, if they're three, what is it? What was it? 3.2 million? Uh, something yeah. like that. Um, 
<laughs> you better freaking hope that it, that it, yeah, he's he has a he's recovered from that hip injury. You better really hope. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and because uh, we were just talking about that before before you came on, like uh, it's a one year show me kind of deal, but it just there seems to be this thing hanging over him where I don't think he has skated yet. So now we're all kind of wondering because he was a guy that the Devils really missed last year, and if he's not in camp and not ready for the opening of the season, I'm going to be kind of worried. But I don't think anybody knows the answer to that right now. Yeah, and I and I will definitely ask in the coming weeks uh, about that. You know, just just to see what I can find because you know I I asked about Blackwood today because um, people were just asking me so many so many times about uh, you know what 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 the status on Blackwood's health is. Um, so I got an update on that today. He's skating. He went through his normal off season, uh, you know, routine there um, as opposed to last season where where he was recovering from obviously the injury last year. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm just, uh, I'll try to figure that out in the coming weeks, but right now I do not have an update on Miles Wood. And I know a lot of people were asking, but I, I will try to get an answer for all of you soon. Awesome. Uh, so we had a couple of people, we had seen if anybody on Twitter wanted to ask any questions. We had a couple, um, one of them that I thought was pretty interesting was from, uh, I'm sure you've seen him tweeting at you a thousand times, uh, Vito. Vito. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, he wants to know if Nemich turns heads in camp, does he a get a shot for the opening night roster, and b would that expedite an attempt to move uh, one of our other defensemen for a scoring forward? Do you think? Yeah, I saw I saw that question earlier, um, and I and I was thinking about it for a long time. First and foremost, I think that that Nemitz is 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 very good. Uh, from what I saw, development camp, he has a great shot. Uh, He's a great offensive-minded defenseman. He's someone that uh, you know is, is really consciously trying to uh, make an effort to, to put um, you know more of a defensive uh, emphasis on his game too. You know that he's uh, progressing in the right way. He's got, or at least he has the mentality to progress in the right way um, in that regard. So I think that if he does make, if he does turn heads in camp, I think that yes, that I think he definitely could be someone that that leaps right to the NHL because he's that good. Um, and that the Devils were high on him for months leading up to the draft, and and that's obviously why they picked him at number two, which a lot of people were shocked at at the time. Um, I wasn't necessarily shocked. I thought that they would try to make a move because they teased it for so long. But you know, having Nemitz, um, you know, come into uh, be there at number two, obviously he was always going to be there at number two, but. Um, the Devils were really high on him, and they 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 snagged him. So I think if all things go right for him in camp, yes, I think the opening night roster, and um, what that would do for uh, you know some of the other guys, you know that's you're right. I mean, it, it kind of could be uh, something that expedites that move, right? So I know there was a lot of talk about that whenever uh, the Marino trade happened too. But you know, if we do see a trade like that happen. Getting some more uh, forward scoring depth would be great. Um, I, I always think that the JT Miller argument is 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 very uh, fascinating to me. Do people want him? Do people not want him? Uh, some people do. I feel like that's one of the biggest polarizing things in in the Devils fan base right now. Is is <laughs> would they want JT Miller? I don't know. Uh, me personally, like if you were to uh, trade just a couple prospects and maybe a couple NHLers for him, maybe you get him. Um, or if it's someone else along the line that, that ends up being fed up with their team, that's a good uh, scoring forward that the Devils need to get uh, to bolster their wing depth, I think it would be a great move. 
Now that'll that'll lead into another question we got from a, uh, someone on Twitter. But you know, as far as JT Miller goes, and we talked about this before he came on. I mean, who wouldn't want a, you know a hundred point guy? But if you're waiting till camp uh, to find out if you have a defenseman to trade, you're also then trying to acquire a player from Vancouver who, as a team, would then have to replace a hundred points of production right before the season starts. So I don't, I don't really know at that point if that would be a fit. But um, the question uh, from another fan, uh, just a friend of mine, uh, Scott, uh, are there any free agents left? Because there are some that haven't signed somewhere that you think the Devils might be interested in that would help this roster. I really do think that the Devils offseason is pretty much over, um, mm-hmm. barring some sort of weird trade. Um, that happens in the next couple of weeks to maybe free up some more cap because I know that they're, they're at the cap ceiling right now. Um, and I, I think that would really be the only thing I think, you know, we've seen, obviously, uh, I, I don't think that PK Subban's coming back, but you've seen some of the stuff out there from his agent. His agent's really trying to get some stuff to work. But I think the PK Subban era is, is over. So I wouldn't, uh, I, you know. I saw, who did I see it? The Hockey News maybe was reporting he was looking at maybe signing in Edmonton but he wanted Yeah, yeah, he, Edmonton is is uh one of betting favorites right now too. It's kind of kind of interesting to me. Oh, well, which I come think on. The, the Devils were the favorites to get Gaudreau and Kachuk for, <laughs> for in, the, in the sports books. <laughs> well, <laughs> that you, right you are, sir. But yeah. Um, yeah, I could totally see him on on one of those, you know, more contending teams uh just as sort of a depth piece um and sort of a leadership piece too. Because, uh, you know, the, the the guys in the locker room really liked him, really liked P.K. Subban. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I the reason the only reason I bring up Subban is because that's the only one I could think of that has any sort of link to the Devils right now. I think effectively their their roster is pretty much filled out right now. I think they're pretty satisfied with it right now. Um, and, yeah, I think that uh, the the offseason is pretty much done. So, no, I don't I don't really anticipate any other free agent moves happening uh, the rest of the offseason. So one more question we got, and it's a question I kind of was interested in getting an answer on too, maybe. Um, it's uh, Josh Reinitz on uh, Twitter asked, um, I'll cut off the Miles Wilpark because you already answered that, but ha- have you heard anything about Zetterland and his qualifying offer? No, so I, I actually have not. And I and I have spoken to Zetterland uh, a couple months ago now, probably a month or two ago. Um, and it was kind of funny because I originally spoke to Zetterland because of the uh people kept asking me on twitter what his bench <laughs> what his max bench was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so i i reached out and uh i i asked like what you know what any updates on the you know free agency stuff and i continued i i he said there was no updates uh, to that point and you know that that was pretty expected at that point in the off season because it was very still very early on but no uh to this point no there there's no updates and i've continued to ask and i i cannot get anything from that i I think it's a very uh, peculiar situation because you, you see all these guys, uh, you know, with, with the qualifying opera. I mean, Bokefist accepted his, um, and you know, some of these other RFAs obviously are, are now uh, re-inked up with the Devils. And you've heard radio silence from him, so I, I, I'm very curious what happens. I, I would probably, I would anticipate that that a deal happens uh, pretty soon. But um, it's kind of weird that there's been nothing right now. Maybe they're just trying to figure out, you know, what to do and how to free up a little bit more than, uh, you know, $73,000 in, in app space. <laughs> well, he doesn't have Brat's agent, does he? Oh, my gosh. I know. He, I, actually, actually, I... <laughs> you said radio I, silence, so... <laughs> I think his um, his agent is Claude, Claude Lemieux. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. 
All right, so now for the, the $64 billion question that everyone keeps asking, do you have an update on Rita's? <laughs> so, okay, so here's what I know about Rita's. I asked a very official, very high up there devil source about Rita's, okay? And <laughs> this was probably, oh, two days, th no, I would say probably a week before the, um, the, the Brat uh, hearing was supposed to be. And I had been asking, obviously, all the time, every freaking day about Jesper Bratt, um, texting all my people about it. I just, I randomly sent, it was like a weird, like, Sunday afternoon. And I was like, look, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else to say this. This is probably the stupidest question you're ever going to get from me. But a lot of people, probably in the top three questions I get online is, is what the hell is happening with Rita's at the arena? Um, can, do you have anything? Can you try to look? So I can say that they are looking into it for me, and I will. But and I and I know that it's been a while since since it was first asked, and I first said that I could do it. But then the draft happened, and then free agency happened, and then Jesper Bratt happened. So I am very much looking into it. I will have an answer for you when I can get an answer for you. But but as of right now, no, I don't have any official update. However, people are looking into it for me. So <laughs> <laughs> they're on the well. case. Well, I'm on the case, on, yes. On that topic of food, just because, I mean, us us guys, we love food. Love food. Um, you're, you're a local guy. so I'm a local guy. Let me ask you this. Saturday night, you want to take uh, someone that you care about to the best restaurant, you know, your favorite restaurant in the area. Where are you going to dinner? So I go to, I, I'm, in, I'm in central New Jersey. I'm in uh, Allentown, New Jersey. Um, and there is a, there's a, not pizza place, it's a tomato pie place called De Lorenzo's, okay? One of the best pizzas in New Jersey. It's delicious. I'm going there. I'm going there. Um, what am I drinking? Yes, that, that is some uh, delicious pizza there. It's some good quality pizza. I got to drink some Bud Light with it. <laughs> and I'm, that is not a sponsor. I'm just, I just got out of college. Just, just so you know, half of the Devils fan base has rolled, your eye, rolled their eyes when you said Central Jersey. I know, hey. I know that. I know that. <laughs> they, they I live in Central eyes. Jersey too, but <laughs> it doesn't exist. Pork roll. <laughs> oh, that was another question, wasn't it? Pork roll or yeah, Taylor it was on ham? My list. I figured I was gonna, I was gonna put you in the hot seat on that one, but we already got the answer now. I, I hate that debate because I grew up in Union County in in Clark, and I call it pork roll when I'm probably supposed to call it Taylor ham up there. But I, it's, it's such a stupid debate. It's the I, stupidest. It is so stupid. It's like debating whether it's Kleenex or tissues, like it's name brand versus the product. So I, I, I think it's really dumb. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's funny how people get worked up about it. I remember early on, someone asked me on Twitter, like this is when you guys didn't even know that I was a Devil's Beat writer. Um, someone asked me, and I was just like, you know, what did your? They said, what's your stance on pork roll or Taylor Ham? And I said, pork roll, and and I got, uh, I got, I got some unsubscribes from that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Um, all right. We only have uh, about two or three minutes left with you. So I, I just, uh, one question I'm also interested in, uh, I'm very interested in like food and travel and all that stuff. So now you're going to have the opportunity to go all over the place to cover this team. Um, we already know the answer to what place are you not looking forward to going to? Cause that's probably Winnipeg. Um, are there any cities that you have on the top of your mind that you can't wait to get to just in a non-hockey capacity just to explore? Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting ones. I, I would say one of well, I, I've been to Arizona before, but I think covering, you know, a game 
at uh, the the ASU the high school stadium. the high school arena yeah. the high school <laughs> arena is is going to be just just thrilling. Um, I know that covering a game, you and you say Winnipeg, like I think I I to me Canada is just just fascinating to me. So I, I you know I hope to definitely get to. Well, let me, I gotta I gotta just cut in there because there's Canada, there's there's Montreal, which is my favorite place. I'll be there next week. There's Toronto, there's Vancouver, but Winnipeg. It's cold, it's dark, it's dusty, it's flat. I, I've, I've been there, I'm never going back. And it's also <laughs> the number one answer when ESPN does that um, anonymous player poll, the number one place that the guys do not want to go to. So that's oh. why I just figured that. Well, if Winnipeg has a rebuild soon, uh, you know, ho- uh, hopefully they get the number one pick uh, <laughs> and get Connor Bernard next year. So, you know, they don't have to worry about signing any free agents there. So, but, but yeah, I, I would probably say, I think, you know, so, some of the uh, Canadian cities that, that I've just never been to, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, ho- uh, hopeful to, to get to some of those this year. Um, I, I think, you know, covering a game in, in, like a Detroit would be fun. I know that it's not like a, you know, historic arena. I know it's the little Caesars arena, but I just think that would be very interesting. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I think, you know, some, some, uh, to me, like Arizona sticks out as the one that I'm just really itching to go to one, because I love Arizona, but two, because that freaking stadium is going to be a nightmare this year. It's going to be a yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. The, the memes have been hilarious. You know, like the tabletop hockey bubble, like, Oh look, Arizona's new stadium. They're just been, I've been cracking up the whole time. It's so why. funny, man. And you know, they, they have that proposition to build one in, in Tempe, I think. Right. And it's like, dude, they, they didn't pay their taxes or some crap on, on the last one. What do you think they're going to do? Like pay taxes right. on this one. That's like being regarded as like a freaking luxury place. Like I, I just, Oh my goodness. Who knows man? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great place. But I just don't think it's I don't think it's ever going to work. They can keep trying to to make it work there. I just don't think it's ever going to work. I, I think they really need to consider moving them to someplace that can support a team. Well, That's let me city. let me flip the script here. Let me ask you a question. If if mm-hmm. Arizona were to move, where are they moving? And where are actually I guess I, I guess not Quebec. where are they moving, but where would you want them to move? Quebec. Well, yeah, I mean, so Quebec, it was sort of a kind of like the, the NHL kind of pulled the rug under from from Quebec City. I think it was 2016. The NHL said we will entertain the uh, the idea of moving a team to a city if they have an NHL ready facility. So Quebec City built an arena, a brand new, really nice arena. I think it's still called the Videotron Center or something. Um, and then the team just didn't happen. And I think they're worried about it would be the smallest market in the NHL. Um, it's a three hour drive from Montreal. And despite the crazy rivalry they had, I think they're worried about, uh, if the Nordiques fan base if a chunk of them broke off to support either the Habs or the Leafs or somebody else. But I love that city. And I still think that if you put a good team in any Canadian city, they will fill the arena. Well, like I, I, in Winnipeg, when they, when they went back, they were filled and everyone was going crazy and now team's not so great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I think if you put it in a, a big market uh, Canadian team, I think, you know, you're getting uh, butts in the seats there, so to speak. My dream, 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 uh, you know, relocation, it, it won't happen. Man, I want Hartford to have a team again. I want the Whalers back. I think that would be so great covering a game there here in Brass Bonanza playing. Uh, it's it just a weird city. I had to cover a, a soccer match in uh 
in Hartford last year for my for my internship, one of the U.S. women's national teams. Hartford is. I was going to say for one of NYCFC's many homes because they don't have a home. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're homeless bunch of jerks. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do one at, in in Hartford, and I was like, man, this would be so cool. Just having a, you know, it's not a it's not a a, a supreme city by any means, but. Just that it was such a weird, interesting hockey town. So I, I just and they had the best uniforms in all the sports. So I think that uh, that would be my dream location if Arizona were to move. All right. So last question. We're gonna put you on the hot seat. Let's hear it. Do the Devils make the playoffs this year? Yes or no? I think the Devils make a uh, the offseason moves they made. I think they make a stronger push towards wild card contention. However. I do not think they end up making the playoffs. Um, and I think they, you know, they, they end, but they end up pretty close. Like, like I really do think that the moves they made this offseason are good enough to where they, they can get this team uh, to, and, and especially if, if the development just keeps going, if, if, and if Brat just loses his mind trying to make all that money next year. Um, <laughs> I think that this is a really, you know, solid hockey team that, that can make a push for the wild card. I think their ceiling is is making uh you know a a, a you know top wild card push, um, but you know I think what actually will happen I think they'll be a couple points uh, shy of of, of uh, making that that bottom uh, wild card spot. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's my prediction too, and I think that'll be shared by a lot of people. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. The time flew by. I hope we get you back on sometime when the season approaches. Um, can't thank you enough for for coming on to talk to us, gentlemen. Anytime, yeah, have me on anytime. Just you guys have my DMs. Just just uh, reach out, and I'll uh, I'll be sure to uh, to 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 respond. And uh, you know, I definitely love uh, coming on these. So, and I like the Discord. The Discord it works, man. It works. It works really well. I've never <laughs> uh, even thought about using this for podcasts. So that's uh, you guys have inspired me today. <laughs> yeah, this is our second episode on Discord. We we were using Skype for a while, and um, there were some limitations, and it was kind of a pain in the ass. So this actually works out pretty well. Dude, I used to record my podcast when I was in college. I used to have my phone and put it up to my my computer uh, microphone. So I know archaic oh. stuff, and this is amazing stuff. So I I, I appreciate this. <laughs> awesome. And thanks thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome guys, thanks. thanks. And thanks again to Ryan for coming on. It was great to talk to him. And uh, we certainly appreciate him taking time out because uh, this is pretty cool for us. He's uh, taken over for, I mean, not in, not directly, but indirectly taken over for Tom Galitti. And uh, taking over he's doing for a great everybody. job so far. Yeah. <laughs> taking over yeah. for everybody. And that's that's one of the things I wanted to talk to him about is if he if he really understood how bad it's been for the coverage of the team and how like the fans have been asking for exactly him um so yeah we'll see how he you know how he gets into it over the course of the season so um now i know you wanted to talk about something not devils related what's on your mind yes so we're going to cross over to our movie podcast as well that nobody listens to we haven't done in like a year but i watched the new predator movie have you seen it yet pray i have not it's awesome that's what I I've was heard. not expecting it to be awesome, but I will say this: it is by far the coolest Predator in any Predator movie they've had. And this is a big deal because you don't like anything. Nope, it's true. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> movies, movies are hard for me. I generally go into a movie expecting to hate it, and I expected to hate it, and it just was really good. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to have to watch that. I've heard a lot of good things. I, th- I think it's what about like Predator's first night on Earth or something? Right. So what I don't understand, and I did some checking, too, because I thought I was crazy. So, yeah, it, it's like takes place in like uh, with like Native Americans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But have you seen the original Alien vs. Predator? Not in a really long. Oh, Alien vs. Predator. No, I, I've seen Predator. Okay. but So that is based on the Predators ruled ancient Egypt. And they would every whatever, 100 years or something would have um like aliens they would like hunt them so they would like breed them and then they would hunt them and then they would kill them all to show that they're still superior or whatever mm-hmm. and then if they lost they would just basically drop a nuke and blow everything up so point being i don't understand how this new movie is supposed to be their like the origin of them being on earth when they were in ancient egypt in those movies so i'm a little confused but as a standalone movie it was cool as hell well, it might be might be a situation of like um, the way Batman's going, where whoever's directing the movie kind of gets to yeah use their own cool lore. His gadgets, his his suit, his mask, everything were awesome. Well, I'm definitely gonna watch that. Um, the one thing I've watched, I've I've been pretty busy. I haven't watched much, but I, I made sure to watch the three part documentary on Netflix for uh, Woodstock '99. Um, yeah, I, I just finished it because, but I watched the HBO one too, and it was. You like said it was the same. It was like the same thing. Well, <laughs> the one I was they didn't have like the like the main promoter guy in, in the HBO one. So I haven't yeah. seen that one, but either way, I mean, I was twelve in nineteen ninety nine, and I still knew that that thing was not a disaster, but that it was wild. But and I don't care, spoilers. It's this real life something that happened twenty something years ago, but. The thing that, that gets me about this entire thing is it was out of control. Conditions for the, the festival attendees were terrible, and, and it was getting worse and worse. But when you're getting to night three, and, and like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are about to close the show, they almost made it out. Like, the show was almost over, and no one no one ended up dying anyway, but um, they almost got done with the whole festival uh, they without did a, they did a press conference like announcing what a great success it was yeah they and almost got out of it over and like i got a great idea let's give it a hundred thousand candles i was just cracking up and and the one guy who warned everybody about the the acts that they were booking that it was all like aggressive rock acts like and they told him to yeah. shut up before the festival was like that's not a good idea. A hundred thousand <laughs> candles. There's no permits for this. This is terrible. And they were pretty much like, yeah, shut up. And like, then the kicker, the kicker too, if you remember, is they kept teasing some special guest at the end of the show, a special guest, special guest. And all these people that wanted to leave stayed. And then, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers finishes performing. And they just like turn the lights on. They're like, all right, everybody drive carefully. Well, they put on a video of Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, so, drive carefully. I mean... They all, yeah, I was, like I said, I was 17. They, I was 17 at the time, and I honestly thought about going, and I'm so glad I didn't. So, like, I, I was just cracking up. Like, again, they almost got out of it without any major disasters. But then on day three, they're like, let's tease a surprise that's not happening, and then let's give everybody 100,000 candles. Yeah. Um, Surrounded by wood. What a fucking disaster. But yeah. I will say, and, and probably the lasting image from that festival is the crowd when corn 
opened up yeah. with their song Blind. <laughs> the waves, just the waves of people going up and down. That was pretty cool. I have never seen that before, and, and we will likely never see that again. Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, like I saw Rage Against the Machine at the Garden last night, which, by the way, was maybe the best concert I've ever been to. But when they opened up with their song Bomb Track, like 80% of the crowd had their phones out and they were like videoing and there was a mosh pit and everybody was jumping. And and it was actually pretty wild for like modern day concert standards. But just the addition of having people's phones, oh, right? like you will never get a crowd like that again. And it's probably yeah, a good thing. But... Just, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, no kidding. But yeah, spending your, you know, holding your phone up or like who stop recording it. It's being recorded. Just watch the damn show. Yeah, and, and I think they actually, last night, they were recording the show. There was a big sign at the Garden that said, tonight's performance is being recorded. Your your attendance is uh, is your, you know, approval for your image to be used. So I don't know if they're making a movie or some shit, but... Um, but yeah, like, somebody already has on YouTube a 4K cell phone recording of the entire show. They held yeah, their why? their phone up for, for two hours. Um, either way, that was... It was freaking amazing. Uh, I guess my wife and I are reliving the 90s because we're going to see uh, <laughs> Ramstein next week in Montreal. But um, that's about it. Uh, that's it? Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week with another guest. Yep. And we're going to try to keep doing that until uh, the season starts. Well, I mean, we'll try to keep having have, guests. But... We have a couple guests lined up. Um I'm not going to give any names away just in case schedule because we already had a schedule change this week. So I don't want to give any names away, but you'll you'll be very happy with them. Yeah. Yeah. We got a couple of really cool names lined up and more that we're reaching out to. And and, uh, you know, just do us a favor. Take a listen. Tell your friends about it. The more listeners we get, the better guests we're going to get. And um, right. and then and then your friend and then they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And then you've got clean laundry. With Calgon. <laughs> Ancient Chinese <laughs> secret, huh? Camera one, camera two. <laughs> All right, let's just recite the whole Wayne's world. All right, let's go. Ready to go. We're old. We're old. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for listening again, and uh, we'll see you next week. 